Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. So if you and or your team are still taking phone calls and receiving vendor supporting documentation via email, you need to authenticate that you are talking or communicating with your vendor. Please visit deborahrrichardson.com slash authentication where you will find a workshop on how to build an authentication reference. This is the answer to the question, are you communicating with your vendor or with a fraudster? Learn more today at Deborah R. Richardson slash authentication. Automation in accounts payable is definitely not new, but many AP teams are turning to automation as we deal with continued remote working. Now, if a vendor self-registration portal is your automation, you don't want to miss this episode on lessons learned from a portal implementation. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 112, Lessons Learned Implementing a Vendor Self-Registration Portal, Part 1, The Portal. As a result of the continued pandemic, many accounts payable or AP and procurement teams have renewed their efforts to implement automation solutions that help with efficiency, productivity, and the reduction of fraud that has plagued many remote workers. This is a three episode series on lessons learned implementing a vendor self-registration portal and may just be able to provide you with that 2020 hindsight in advance to make the project go smoother. So for part one or the first episode, this episode, we are starting with the portal. Next week's episode will be part two where we'll talk about the users. And in the last uh, episode in this three-part series, we will talk about the vendor team. Now I am uh, purposely starting with the portal first because It is the first step and the basis to standardize and make your processes more efficient. And just a little background of where these lessons learned came from. So I have uh, in my past implemented a, or was part of a team or led a team that implemented a uh, vendor self-registration portal. Um, It covered multiple ERPs. It was over 140,000 active vendors. And the, one of the key issues that we wanted the portal to solve um, in addition to fraud was the fact that since we had multiple ERPs, we had multiple ways to 
onboard a vendor because the ERPs had their own um, separate set of uh, requirements for setting up a vendor record for um, uh, changing existing vendor records. And so we had at the time um, 158 process docs because we had a different process doc for each different type of uh, uh, function or change. And of course, whatever we had uh, uh, onboarding or adding a new vendor, changing an existing vendor, um, 1099 reporting, whatever needed to be done in that ERP, we had to have um, a separate process doc for it. And then you got to multiply that by the many different ERPs you had. So when we talk about the portal overall, the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, assistance there was, or efficiency there, was the uh, consolidating and only having one way to onboard uh, those vendors. So we went from 158 process docs to um, less than, what, 25% of that. So, um, and that was also because we had uh, seven different ERPs, but only five of those were in scope. And so it was still a huge saving. So with that, let's talk about, you know, the critical contribution of the portal itself, again, is to standardize and make your process is more efficient. And I have two lessons learned. The first one is not all vendor self-registration portals are the same. Now, I started the process a year in advance by demoing each vendor portal solution that was available at the time. Now, with improved technology, this time frame or that time frame may be able to be shortened, especially as the incentive for the technology in the first place has increased due to the widespread, uh, widespread fraud as a result of the, uh, the pandemic. The other thing is um, during this time in evaluating the portals, one way we did that was using an evaluation document that listed our needs, wants, and nice-to-haves. Now, some third-party vendor registration portals focused more on invoice processing, so keep that in mind. Um, and when that occurs, you'll notice it because the vendor record functionality will not be that robust, while others were just the opposite, meaning those that really just focused or had a uh, module that focused just as much on the vendor self-registration process as it did on the um, vendor process because many many third-party providers out there have both an invoicing uh, module and a or invoicing portal portal and a uh, vendor self-registration portal just keep in mind that sometimes um, the vendor self-registration portals are not as robust because they're uh, they're basically just to have a dashboard uh, some of them are just to have a dashboard for the vendors when they log in to uh, to upload invoices or check payment or invoice status. It's not a true vendor self-registration portal. 
Now, the other thing I want to say about it is that some vendor portals integrated easily with our systems. Um, they performed real-time validations. That's another way you can tell if it's just an add-on to an invoice processing module versus uh, having its own standalone or full, uh, fully robust uh, uh, portal for self, uh, vendor self-registration. So uh, the real-time validations, um, they also had vendor authentication um, built in, um, not only with the login credentials, but then they also had uh, multi-factor um, authentication, uh, and that can be uh, for some were triggered uh, each time the vendor logged in and other uh, others or you could change the configuration to make it um, only if the vendor logged in from a different IP address uh, or other criteria. Now they can also handle GDPR and uh, many of them, you know, uh, we experienced this as well is during the implementation, you know, many of the third party providers, they continue to make improvements on um, the the portals themselves um, based on um, users and you know feedback they're getting from their clients and so while you're during uh, uh, while you're in the middle of your implementation um, your third-party provider can keep growing their functionality up to and through go live you know with value-added features and many of them will allow you to kind of pick and choose which ones uh, you want to actually turn on in your instance or version of the portal. So that was it with not all vendor registration or self-registration portals are the same. So keep that in mind. And by the way, um, if, because uh, I know a lot of times accounts payable does not have the last say in what portal is selected. Um, so whatever features, functionality, um, your portals have or does not have, is probably a better way to say it, um, a great example is, is validations. If they don't have all of the validations that you currently do, just keep in mind you're going to have to add that to your manual uh, processes once that vendor registration gets to the vendor team. Now the second lesson learned is do not over customize. And that can absolutely happen, especially as you expand the project group or you uh, ask for feedback from other groups that maybe will be um, super users or power users, or if you have a group that submits quite a few uh, um, uh, vendor setup requests or vendor change requests, everyone will have opinions and they will want specific functionality. And you know, you will too. I did as well. Um, we had what I would consider a Christmas list of so many different fields that we wanted to have added just because we could. But um, thankfully, we had a project manager on the third party provider side that I and I still remember to this day, if a supplier if a supplier and they were trying to make us understand what that experience would be like for the supplier to have to come in and answer those questions in order to uh, register in the portal. So most self-registration portals or vendor self-registration portals are customizable and third-party vendors are willing to work with you on them, but just make sure that you're only adding what is necessary because it can extend your project time 
and decrease vendor adoption. So make sure you're not taking your current process and automating it because you are committing to using a new tool to streamline your current process with up-to-date solutions. And this is a good thing because it may mean eliminating redundant processes. For example, if you require management approval for bank account changes and now the vendor is submitting their own change that approval can be eliminated even if the manager still wants the warm and fuzzies and i've been there too that extra customization most likely is not worth it if a value added task is not uh, performed during the approval. And what many will see uh, the third party provider share with us is many times uh, when clients uh, uh, front load a bunch of approvals in there because that's what they were doing prior to the portal. Um, it usually costs them more money in the long run because if, uh, eventually they're going to get comfortable with the portal and they're going to want to remove those approvals and that will cost additional um, money because now you have to have the third party provider change your configuration. So something to keep in mind. So those were the two lessons learned for implementing a vendor self-registration portal, looking at the portal. And as a reminder, the next episode will be looking at lessons learned for the users. And then part three or the last in the episode series will be looking at lessons learned for the vendor team. But I do want to leave you here with one last thing is to think of the vendor portal project as a way to eliminate bottlenecks and remove manual functions to free up your staff's time for more value added tasks. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 112th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.